change your attitude, it changes your behavior pattern. And then you go on into some action. And we must continue to follow the dictates of our conscience, even if that means breaking unjust laws. What do you call second-class citizenship? Why, that's colonization. Second-class citizenship is nothing but 20th century slavery. And I do not plan to cooperate with evil at any it's point. It's time today for us to start doing some standing and some fighting to back that up. Welcome, everybody, back to the Martin Times Malcolm podcast, where we are on episode six. Um, I'm excited. I'm still excited. We here, still in this pilot phase, ready to keep going. We're excited about the opportunity to keep talking about these ideas and these topics as we recapture the revolutionary. We're building, and hopefully this episode that we've got to, if you've been rocking since episode one, we hope that you've been rocking with us and seeing the growth and seeing the improvement as we got to three episodes, man. So um, we got some good topics today, man, and we're going to start going in a moment. But first, we before we get into anything, I got to introduce the other hoes on the show. So starting off with my boy Shaka, man, what's going down? What's going on? My name's Shaka, your boy, uh, the resident hotel, you know, um, always, you know, here to give my point of view, you know, is always a strong one. I'm an artist, activist, um, priest, a little bit of everything. So, you know, it's good. I'm here checking in. That's what's up. That's what's up. And then we got your boy School Boy Bliss. That's it, bliss. Believe in love is simply the solution. That's it. Let's get it. That's what's up, man. So we're going to get into this, man. Word on the street. I love to talk about the word on the street. We talk about current events, things that can be looked at from a different angle. Um, But I want to look at it as uh, the angle of the black man, as far as Martin would look at it, as far as Malcolm would look at it. And... um, Today, I see that uh, churches and religious organizations around the country are facing issues getting and keeping number. It's hard for a lot of churches. I see a lot of churches ever since about 20 years ago. I've seen a lot of churches uh, closing. Um, I'm from North Carolina and South Carolina. I grew up there and I've seen a lot of churches closing uh, as I was starting to get older. So I'm sitting up here wondering about how COVID is probably affecting that and how it also might be. Uh, making it harder for these churches to uh, continue growing. And so what y'all think about that? What you think, Shock? Man, first of all, it is making it hard. Like COVID is making it harder for all spiritual institutions. I think black folks have been leaving the church for a while. You know what I'm saying? I feel like uh, um, it's more, you know, to have to do with like the whole, you know, being a woke type of movement that's happening where black trying to recognize like, you know, Christianity is being like, you know, one of his crutches, you know what I'm saying? And it's not to say it hasn't helped us, you know, in, in the past. I think any spiritual tradition practice right, you know, can help anyone at the same time. I think that, you know, black folks start to wake up and recognize, like, you know, it's what it's what is the role that it played, you know, in keeping us, you know, uh, docile and suppressed, you know. So I think right. reasons why you know, black folks started coming out of the church. That's true. I mean, honestly, I think that um, there's a lot of issues that's been going on. And uh, one of those things that's definitely been going on is people starting to, as uh, the church would say, lose faith. Um, 
So even if it's not a matter of loop to faith, I think that what we are seeing is a rampant uh, loss in membership from the people who continue to be members. You know what I'm saying? So what you think about that, Jason? You seen a lot of that going on past couple of years? I mean, I think I think uh, people, you know, like um, there's no power in the church, man. It's like, you know, like, 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 for instance, you know, like you have a <coughs> you have a religion where Jesus is a leader. But and, 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 and in that book, he said you will do greater things, but nobody's seeing nothing like that. But when you go when you look at um, Hinduism and, and Buddhism cultures and you look at people out in the uh, east, you actually see people that are doing the same things that Jesus was doing, per se. I know they're going to hate me for this, but it's true. It's happening. You just got to research the people. And um, and if people saw the power more, they would be more enthused to be with it. But again, you're going to, I, you know, I, 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 you know, Nate, when we when, when, when we were living together, I was doing church heavy. You know, like like I'm for anybody who would contend with what I'm saying, I was doing church 16 times a week. That's, right. Uh, Bible yeah, studies you- in the morning. Uh, and it's not to be I wasn't trying to be religious. It's just that I got out of a situation that a God helped me with. So now if you help me, I got to get to know you and do what I need to do to be right like that. So I think I think um, with, with that being said, like with, with, with not a lot of power being in the church, like not like like that people are looking for uh, an excuse to, to, to right. not to not be a part of it, because, you know, you, there's no motivational enthusiasm to stick with it. It's just faith, faith, faith. Uh, I believe, I believe, I believe, you know, one day the rest, you know, nothing that people can actually apply to their life that is exactly. really like an application. I see a lot of people trying to uh, actually do that. Like there are some churches that try to take a more practical approach. And I'm not sure if people might get upset because they're rewriting the traditional way or you know, in some ways it might be good. Some ways it might not be good. But um, I do see where there have been uh, a lot of churches that have been trying to adjust to the lifestyle of their members. And I don't know if that's been something that's helped or not, um, because uh, I've still seen a lot of churches try to go after the young, younger groups and it still lead to them not having that high of a number in the uh, future. Like, you know, people just don't believe in it like that. Right. It's crazy. Okay. And and a big problem with that is that, you know, people are, you know, they're, they're, there's a, let's just say, you know, whether you believe the book or not, it's a book. So at the end of the day, whether you believe it or not, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a character, Jesus, who gave uh, a way of life. And, and when you have people interpreting it their way and giving it their way, then, then that's going to have, you know, you know, that's going to, that's going to have an effect. If, if I don't, you know, people are not really reading these books for themselves and taking it for what it's right. Way. Like they, they don't read the story of Jesus and say, these are disciples who wrote a book about a guy when the disciples, I'm just saying, if you take the book for what it is, the disciples couldn't even get it right when they were with him. So, so, so they wrote the right. book on his life and, and they're writing about the character of Jesus. They're not writing about the anointing that was on it. So, so when and you now say, around 2000 uh, running around with a 2000 year old concept trying to keep keep a story going based on something that happened 2000 years ago it's kind of hard teaching to do it, and teaching it the way you were taught it not 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 right. really reading it not really reading it and saying oh, okay he might have said this different it might have meant this there's none of that going on. 
It's just however it was right. taught to me, that's how I'm passing it on, and whether it has power or not. And that's a problem because, again, whatever you're studying, whatever you're researching, if it's true, you're going to see the, the results behind the truth that you apply. And that's what's not happening. Another thing I've been thinking about is um, how some churches have probably been having financial problems because they've not been able to pay their banknotes. You know, like churches in the 90s and uh, 80s would always try to build on and add on to their churches, like the building fund. They build on, make these huge, beautiful, big churches, and they're in debt to banks. And if you're in debt to a bank, then it's difficult to... Um, you know, get out of that because you're paying a note for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. And if you can't pay that note or if you ever default on it, you have a problem. Like I've seen some churches like in my home community um, in Winston-Salem, I've seen some churches go uh, get lost because of like bank problems, like the bank defaulted on their loan. And it'd be like, you'd be like, wow, how could a bank have a problem with that? But at the same time, um, it happens, you know what I'm saying? And so uh, considering the fact that you have some people who run financial, who run spiritual organizations, but don't have a good financial backing or background, sometimes some of the things that they might be doing, decisions that might be happening in the background that we don't know got, about, might be also you know, churches to fail. I have to, to chime in and correct you, Nate. I have to correct you, Nate. Not spiritual organizations, religious organizations. <laughs> <laughs> There can, there there's, is, there's yeah. many religions. There's many religions not operate. Many churches and religious experience not operating in no type of spiritual activity. Just dogma and and you know. But I know what you meant. I definitely know what you meant. But I just had to say that. So the question that we was asking Shaka, we still on it is uh, churches and religious organizations facing issues getting and keeping numbers. And uh, I was just thinking that to a certain extent. A lot of churches are having problems uh, staying alive because they have bad financial uh, understanding. You know what I'm saying? Like they put their bank, uh, they get a bank loan. And next thing you know, they got to pay a note and they're not able to pay that note over time. And some of these churches are failing at paying their, um, you know, bank loans. And that's one of the reasons why they're failing. But um, I'm trying to think about all of I want to say I agree with that 100 percent, though. I, I do agree with that. Nate, I don't mean to cut you up, but I want to say with everything I said earlier, like from that point, what you're saying, I do believe that also. I want to, because I forgot to leave that out. When you say that, it's because a person can read a Bible and deliver a message. That doesn't necessarily mean you're a businessman. Just like, just like there's a million drug dealers and most of them are broke because, because you have to be able to be a businessman. It's still a business, no matter if you're selling drugs right. or whatever. And, you still and, have to be a businessman on top of that. And see, like, as far as like priests go, some priests, you know, come into a flock, right? So like some, um, especially like Baptists, you know, Lutheran, they already have like a congregation that's probably been there for like years and years and years who change pastors. So like they'll bring somebody in, you know what I'm saying? And then you have some folks who are like, I'm starting it from the beginning, like from the very beginning. I'm about to start it from a, a storefront from wherever, you know, and then those folks, yeah, you do need to have a business mind because you coming in, to, you're coming in with nothing, you know what I'm saying? And then those churches, they cost money, Like You have to, in order to like buy a church or to lease a church, like all that stuff costs money. So you got to already have like a congregation that's willing to support you. That's why they got boards and deacon boards and da 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 Because all of these people 
help to keep this one building open. You know what I'm saying? So, and the church isn't just the building, it's the people that's in the building. You know what I'm saying? And so like how our brother was saying, like spiritual versus religious, you know, religious organizations tend to have their shit together because they have like something that's been built for a long time. Spiritual uh, institutions sometimes don't necessarily have their stuff together because it's more about following the spirit, right? But you have to have right. you have to have like your money together no matter what. You know what I'm saying? If you want a flock to come and support you, you know what I'm saying? So and honestly, uh, being able to stay afloat and keep your population going is an important thing because you never want to be at a point where you're not able to keep the people that support you afloat because they keep you afloat. And that brings me to the soapbox topic. And this one kind of this one kind of real, man. And um, I think about this one a lot as I had conversations as things start to go. Um, I've, I've seen a congressman. Uh, I'll leave his name out, but I'll put his name on the screen because <clears throat> I can't remember his name right now. But uh, he was a politician who was trying to get the European people in America to stop having children with other races because they were uh, <laughs> not having a, they were having an issue with keeping their reproduction rates going in Europe. And so this politician was trying to tell all of the other people in the United States that they need to stop having babies with people outside of their race because they need to start strengthening their race. And so the back, the back, the basis of what he was talking about is because whenever a population's reproduction rate get too low, they risk extinction. That's like any animal, any human being, whatever. Uh, and with all of the nations of the European Union and the U.S. under the replacement level, which is like 1.8 um, or 1.6, are the European people of the country, I mean, of the world, going to have to depend on the people of color to maintain their uh, culture and racial status. Um, it's no, it's no secret that like Europe has been dwindling as far as their number. Like, they have more people that die die than are being born, right? And that's right throughout the the European world, like the the whole white world. They have more folks that die than are being born. Um, black and brown people, we have more people being born than dying, even with gang violence, like right. you know, murders and whatever, whatever, whatever. We still have more people being born than dying. And so, um, you know, I, as far as like, that's that's something that they're really, that's one of the reasons why they have like, you know, the whole birth, you know, supporting folks with their birth um, and stuff like that is really big in America, you know, because a lot of white women are having troubles like having babies. <clears throat> and not only that, you know, the whole feminist movement kind of kept uh, a lot of white women from wanting to have babies. Cause it's like, you know, I want my career before family or having children. So like, you know, their, their stuff is, their, their population is going down, you know, so far. So I think that, yeah, at some point, like, you know, your will be dark, darker skin, you know what I'm saying? It's just inevitable, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the darker gene is, is, is dominant, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I think it's just like it's inevitable for it to happen. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. My take is have more sex. That's it. I mean, but that's not translated. 
that's not translating in some of the countries like uh, in Italy, Spain, uh, Germany, where their reproduction rates are so low and they're, they're having sex at high rates, but they're just not able to, to, to conceive and uh, uh, hold a baby uh, for the whole time that they need to have it in order to, you know, successfully have that child. You know what I'm saying? So they have reproductive issues. You know what I'm saying? And so it does have an impact on the fact that they're losing their population because when you look at other countries of, that represent like the African nations, they're all having no problems, like Shaka was saying, with having babies. So over time, you know, populations that have the better ability to reproduce themselves are going to be in the head. So, you know, these are things that are going on right now that we might not look at affecting later. But the whatever nation is going to be the power nation in the future is going to be based on who has the strongest population. Here's, here's, here's a solution. They make euros. I make babies. <laughs> Hire me. Bring me out there. And I'm just joking. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, like, I think that with Europe, you know, they, they have their issue with, like, not having children. I mean, that's part of the whole wanting to be greedy, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? You want to be greedy. You want to keep it to yourself. So there's, there's this whole, like, power struggle that, you know, they're dealing with. You know what I mean? Like, that whole feeling of, of 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 not being good enough, you know what I'm saying? I feel like Europe has been going through that struggle for years in America. You know, they, they for a long time they talked about the browning of America, right? Meaning black and brown people are going to take over as far as population wise. The Hispanic population has boomed in a, in America. You know, the African American population has remained steady. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, those populations aren't going anywhere. You know what I mean? And so like. The European population is dwindling in America, like Caucasians' population. You know, and that's going to keep happening because they just is they're putting their careers over family. You know, what I'm saying, which is making them like like lose out in the long run. But you know, so in a way, you know, we benefit uh, from some of the culture that we've had that has been built not having as much because we've had to depend on each other. And that having to depend on each other left us uh, at a place where we've been uh, a little bit more community based. And inside some of those communities, even inside the projects, you have people who have like three, four five babies and they ain't, they're not even, uh, you know, finished with uh, college. You know what I'm saying? Maybe some of them haven't even gone to college. We got grandfathers having babies out here. We got old black men having babies. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I know some... There's some old black men that got like kids, you know, like about to have kids, you know what I'm saying? So like our genetics run deep, you know what I'm saying? And it's the same thing with Hispanic populations too. You know what I'm saying? They have like large families, you know what I'm saying? It's just a part of like, you know, who we are. You know what I'm saying? Family is the, the center of who we are. Not necessarily like our careers could change. Like somebody can have five, six, seven different type of careers over their lifetime. You know, but their family don't change. You know what I'm saying? You know, but with, with some cultures, that is very important. What you become, who you become, you know, is very important. Beside family, everything else, that comes secondary. I, I think about, like, um, you know, white supremacy plays a big role in it. Like, you know, that's the, the whole uh, the feeling of being inferior, the, the inferiority complex. You know, all of that comes from 
you know, the the feeling that people of color are going to take over is going to be like, you know, darker people who are going to start taking over. So now we got to either do something. That's why they try to depopulate. That's why we got to be depopulated. <laughs> population can somehow maintain some sort of balance. Um, you think about abortion, you think about, uh, you know, uh, police brutality, name it, in black and brown people being killed. That's a way to depopulate us. You know what I mean? You know, in order for their population to try to, you know, grow. But even when that's one of the reasons why I brought the topic up because uh, some of the aspects of reproduction and fertility rates are uh, some of the concepts that make people bring up things like population control and um, trying to even uh, do things to manipulate what's going on in their favor so that they can have a future where there's not a, a dis uh, or, a, you know, imbalance of the way that it is right now with the way that there's a certain majority. Because as it stands, they've had majority in certain cases for, you know, hundreds of years, thousands of years, and they're about to not be the majority all of a sudden in a lot of places. And that can have an effect on the mind and the attitudes of a lot of people, especially the racist people. You know what I'm saying? So they should have known they wasn't the majority from the beginning. So that whole majority stuff is like for back then was based off of conquest. Like we come conquer a nation, kill off their people and then start looking at how big our population is. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that's that's, you know, when you look at it worldwide, they've always been the lowest population. You know what I'm saying? Like right. Europe isn't even a continent. Like, you know, what I mean, Europe is really like. Just a, I don't know, a landmass is next to a continent. Like a continent, you're supposed to have like water all around. You know what I'm saying? Your your borders. You know what I mean? But they don't have that. They're they're not a continent. So like that's a fight for power. Like even for them to call their Europe a continent was a fight for power. Same thing with the Jewish state. Like you know that was a fight for power. You know what I mean? For them to, to if you ever seen Palestine and Israel. And the way Palestine used to be back in the 50s and the 40s versus today, at one point in time, Palestine used to be most of the land. And then Israel right. claiming, you know, religious right and this, that, and the third, which is really white Jews from Europe, one land, one to take right. some land. They come in talking about some, this our holy land, and then jump in, and then, like, next thing you know, they own most of the land. 50 years later, they own most land and the Palestinians own less of the land than they did ancestors did like 50 years ago. That's crazy. It's just, right. it's right. I mean, and that's the reason why I feel like it's important to think about this because these type of uh, situations really impact decisions that's happening all over the world. Like when you think uh, about how they really like, they, re they really did go out and take the land from people in Palestine. So you know, that's crazy how that happened. Um, but as we move to the water cooler topic and bring it to uh, the sports, um, CTE is something that uh, we have been thinking about uh, for football for about 20 years. We've been talking about CTE uh, and the catastrophic injuries that people have had to their brains and just things that have caused a, um, a change in the quality of life for athletes. And this starting to come to a forefront and we start to see more ha more cases of this. Uh, do we start to have to look at this as uh, 
the sports injuries that are happening to some of these athletes as being too high risk for our youth to be engaged in these sports like that. Um, what do you think? Do you think that uh, like CTE and brain damage and stuff like that is uh, too much for people to want to play football, Jason? Of course. Of course. I played football. I, you know, I played up into the collegiate level. And 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 uh, and and of course, I, I believe that now having a few friends that played professional football and, and seeing the outcome, because we don't know the outcome of these players after they're done because we don't know any of them. So me having known two people who are finished and looking at them, I, I feel like, um you know, they 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 say they have to live on drugs like there's no way they can live on drugs without it. So I say that the big thing is the is the is the trade health for wealth. It, you know, you have to consider that. Like like that's what it comes down to. Bottom line, are you willing to trade health for wealth? Because I believe from being that I only know two players that played professional football and both of them are dealing with that kind of stuff. I have to believe that most players deal with that kind of stuff, like like health and and, and, and yeah. you know, like 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 serious health issues after. So 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 yeah, I believe it's a trade for health for wealth. I don't know the answer. The answer is within the individual. Are you willing? But but that's what needs. I don't. I, that's what needs to be broken down to the kids and the youth more. So are you willing to trade your health for wealth? And if you are, then go for it. That's what you have to think about it. And um, you know the crazy thing about it is when you play a sport, you got a limited amount of time. For football, you got an average, depending on your uh, position, you're going to have an average of maybe like four years, two and a half to four years to play in the NFL. And you got to think about the amount of money you make in that span of time, being able to live off of that. If you're not going to do nothing else after playing football, you got to live off of that for the rest of your life. And some people know that they're not going to make enough money and would never trade that in. Because when you say what you just said, if a person were to go out here and be like, you know, Joe Montana or uh, Jerry Rice or even Jerry, I mean, uh, uh, Randy Moss or one of these greats, the names that you see on the back of jerseys that sell name, sell jerseys and whatnot. If you're one of those guys, sure, you might say I trade in my health, quote unquote. But a lot of these guys, they're not ever going to be that. And then they go out here and they hurt themselves and they ruin and they're not making that much money they in the football for like four or five years. Like the people, you know. Um, some of you, some of their players, fellow players, they might not be playing no more. Might be broke by now. And that's easier said than done because you don't know till you go through that pain. You know, like that's what I'm saying. We're not, we're not, we're not talking about, we're not talking about pain like, like me and you know, like from our regular life. We talking about like, like, like I said, like my friend, he only played two years in the NFL, and I said he said there's no way he can live without pills. Like that, think about that reality. He said, "There's no way he can live without pill, without without." So, so he's he's sacrificing the to the the to erase the pain, to the the the, the destroying of his liver and kidneys, you know, like like that's what he's sacrificing. So I, I think we kind of miss out like these brothers that play. It's like a warrior culture, you know what I'm saying? Like they're used to being injured, they're used to being you know iced down, medicated all of that type of stuff. And it's like, once you, once you break the wrong bone, you know what I'm saying? And your contract is now up. You can't play no more. Your future is in jeopardy. Now you're like faced with a lot of like, like choices. And it, it puts a lot of brothers in depressions. You know what I'm saying? And so like, when we think about, you know, not just the health 
and the injuries, the mental health that these guys, you know, have to deal with is, is incredible. You know what I mean? To lose out all your, your contracts, all that stuff. And now, you know, like you got to work at Walmart or something like that because you ain't have any skills. You know what I'm saying? Like all you were given were like, you know, these warrior type of skills. And now like you can't even use that anymore. You know what I mean? That feeling of like, you know, you done put your all in something. You done gave your physical body to something. You know, when you join the NFL, NBA, you are like physically the property of that team. You can't hurt that body, destroy that body. You have to follow along with their like routine. You know what I'm saying? Right. So <clears throat> that puts that puts them still like in a situation where they have to like, although they're trying to care for their bodies. It's not even really their bodies, you know what I'm saying? So like, you know, it's kind of it's kind of wild. But that's I like mean, what, when you that's why what you said, Nate, how it relates to the kids, you know, like where you started at. How does it relate to the to the young people? That that is ultimately their decision to make, and it's tough because they're kids. And and how can a kid? Right. Like kids always, especially in a culture where it's money, 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 they're gonna chase the money. So so it's it's role models and. And again, it's, it's just like everything Shaka just explained. It's that being broken down to them and giving them understanding. And that's what these ex-players need to come back and do for them to tell them, not just the ones that made it, but the ones that didn't make it, to show them, you know, like like this is what could be your outcome, like 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 off of, off of what you do or what, what comes out of it. Good to have I a mean, that's... Say what, Shaka? I said good to have a backup. That's what I always tell my students, like, it's all right to want to be a pro athlete. You know what I'm saying? I think that, you know, I, I, don't, I wouldn't want to take that dream away from, if that's what you want to be, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, go for it. But have a, have a backup plan. Have something else in your pocket just in case that don't work out. You know what I'm saying? What are you going to fall back on? What other hobbies do you have? You know what I'm saying? What help make you a whole person, not just an athlete? Something that you could fall, if you get injured, now what you going to do? You know what I'm saying? The, so like, thing, the thing that makes me nervous about football the most when it comes to the students that play football is that uh, the sport is still considerably uh, hard on, you know, the injury side, like some of the injuries that you can have. And uh, as it is right now, a lot of colleges are not playing because of COVID. And I've always thought about what would happen if insurance agencies stop insuring some of these uh, football programs because they or make it more expensive to them because they start saying that it's too high of a risk if they have to support CTE injury claims or other types of catastrophic injuries. And so um, I just think about how if the sport ends up becoming a little bit more expensive for the insurance industry, uh, that it's going to end up becoming obvious that it's too much. But um, this was one of those things that I think about because you know, our bodies are important. Like, would you trade in, like, if you were Muhammad Ali, would you trade in, you know, being the greatest boxer of all time for half of your life, but then another half of your life, you're senile and don't know, you know, anything because you, you know, kind of out of your mind. Right. It's, and that that is just the, the decision of the person. But But how much foresight do you need to know to be actually really make that decision? And right now, we'd all say we want the money right now, but but you'd have to be in Muhammad Ali's shoes years later 
and he could give you the better answer than we could give you because 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 he'll tell you what it's like living his life now and was it really worth it so so i think that's a question for the actual athlete that's dealing that's at true. that level they'll that's be true equipped i mean i think or you can ask your families too because they the families also have to take on a burden of you know the the father you know going see now like that at such an early stage you know what i'm saying and having to like deal with like now who takes care of him you know what i'm saying who's gonna now be the person that's gonna take care of him every single waking day you know what i'm saying like that's a lot of responsibility you know for a family to take on and then for it to happen because of you know, something that, that, that could have been, like, rectified early on, you know what I'm saying? And so, but like you said, it is a decision. It's a decision, but, you know, they need to know, like, you know, not all athletes, you know, have that either. Like, some athletes, you know, are are well and, and, and good and, you know, don't have any brain injuries or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, at the same time, it should be known, like, this can happen. This does happen. Right. You know what I mean? And like, if, if you got to decide to take on this type of sport, know that it can happen to you. You get hit that one good time. You know what I'm saying? And that's a tough part. Because look at George Foreman, Lennox Lewis, Mike Tyson. You know, they all good right now. I'm not saying right. it's going to be the long-term effects, but but that's another thing they're going to consider. That's what they'll say to you. Like when you say something, they'll say, what about them? And And they'll say, I could be one of them. So like Shaka said, it's something that needs to be, you know, that, that this could the, uh, That's true. That's what the idea of risk is. Like, if you, you never want to tell somebody this will happen because you know you're lying. And you can't tell somebody this won't happen because you know you're lying. It's up to the person and it's also up to chance. There's so many things that it's up to. But that's kind of what it is. You know what I'm saying? And uh, all decisions involve a state of risk, which is even the reason why I asked in the question uh, of food for thought. Um, when I think about people who made a decision to actually sell certain types of drugs, certain type of uh, medications in certain cultures or certain types of substances that can be used to uh, enhance, assist or for whatever reason, people decide to take these drugs. Um, America's now starting to legalize some of these substances. In Oregon, you have. Uh, cocaine and heroin starting to become uh, legalized for personal use. Now, I don't know who's going to be the person selling them this product. I'm not sure what the legality behind distributing is, but uh, I'm also seeing companies starting to crop up that's selling these items that are becoming legal in these states that are now legalizing it. And uh, my thing is, if you had people who were originally being um, penalized, being arrested and given jail time, losing time out of their lives and not able to support themselves. If America's going to go ahead and start allowing or states are going to start allowing that to be legal, should they create more lanes than they're already doing? Uh, should they create more lanes than they're already doing to allow for uh, those people who suffered? from being penalized to be able to win in some way off of that same industry that they were penalized from? 100%. First of all, yes, right? Number one, let's talk about the people that have already been arrested for these crimes, right? That now people are able to profit over, 
right? You talking about, right. you know what I'm saying? I know here in D.C., it just passed where um, uh, mushrooms is now legal. You know what I'm saying? So mushrooms are legal. Um, marijuana has been legal for a while, you know, but, you know, all of these things are starting to become legalized. But the people that have been penalized, like there are brothers that got 20 years, 30 years on drug charges, you know, and are still sitting in the prisons today, you know, but these drug companies can sell it and ain't no one's going to get arrested. You know what I'm saying? No one's going to get it because they waited for some sort of piece of paper. Like that's, that's bull crap. If you saying that like, it's okay to sell it now, then you're pretty much saying that the drug was always okay. And all of these people that you locked up need to be let out. Right. Need to be right. free. Right. And they could possibly be great. Like business folks for your business. Right. Like, so like, why would you even have these folks locked down? You know what I'm saying? And so it also shows the difference between, you know, um, the black justice system and the white justice system. You know, it's two different justice systems. You know what I'm saying? You got, you know, folks who have been doing this for years, you know what I mean? And you have folks who is trying to break into those type of fields who are still getting locked up. The black folks still getting locked up for like, marijuana in states that are legalized marijuana. Right. So like it's not like that's not still happening. So and, and and I'm a person that that you know like I suffer from that. I have a felony for 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 uh for um you know for whatever for for dealing with these type of substances and and now and now some of them are legal. And I do look at it like, 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 of course, and like, how could that, how is that fair? How, how is that? But at the same token, I'm not going to say that is, is fair or not fair, but I will say it's similar to the whole holistic healing, uh, 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 you know, the, 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 the whole holistic, the holistic healing family, because you can't, you know, like, like a Dr. Sebi or, or anybody like that, you can't, you can't provide certain medical practices, even though we know they're more beneficial to, to us, right. those who deal with them, but you could get in trouble, get shot down, shut down, even killed for doing that. So I say like, 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 I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's right at all because, but, but the, but the, but what we live in, the society we live in, that's how it works. That's how it works. We and can, that's the, can. That's the reason why it really sucks because what they can do right now like the last generation, people were selling drugs and they were locking them up and they were taking the money that you had from you to cash or whatever. But if they do what they're seeming like they're about to start doing, they're going to be able to lock out a whole generation from being able to make money off of the substances that the community that they live in are using. Because all of the companies that are going to be cropping up are going to be like big corporations, uh, companies that have brand names and packaging and can put up buildings and security and all that kind of stuff to make people feel safe going in there to buy their product. And people are going and to end price. up going there to buy it. Exactly. And then they can price manipulate and they can cut out the drug street dealers and everything. So soon it's going to be where you're not going to have those ex-felons that came out after doing the 20 years and all that kind of stuff. They're not going to even be able to go back to sell the same drug as they were selling. They got them in jail because it's going to be legal and it's going to be at Walmart. That's how it is <laughs> in Colorado. That's how it is right now. And that's Colorado, how it is. Yeah, DC. ain't no more hustlers. 
Ain't no hustlers yeah. in Colorado because you could go to a dispensary and get it for whatever price, whatever quality, whatever, you know. And and and, and I lived in Colorado, so that's the first step. So it's going to every all these places. That's that's why I said people who are in those industries right now, they should really start considering things because just like if you go to Colorado, I'm not saying people don't don't sell weed in California, but you ain't going to the corner to get a, a, a quarter or a nick. You're going to a dispensary. It's cheaper. You get whatever quality you want. But I will say an interesting concept is, 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 okay, so for instance, tobacco. Like cigarettes are not real tobacco. You know, tobacco is really healing medicine. But, right. but what they turn it into with what everything they put in it, now they sell cigarettes. And that's, are they going to do the same thing with weed? That's the question. Right. You know, that, right. you know are they going to turn it into that? And if they do that, we already know what weed is. So that will bring it open back open for those people but you know but then you also the fact about you gotta also think about the laws you know what i'm saying on the other side so like here in dc i think you could you can grow up to like six plants or something like that inside yeah, of your, hey. your home right and then um you can have like up to a quarter or something like that uh on you you know what i'm saying but and, and then you can't like drive and smoke it's like you have to know all of these different laws, you know, and if you get caught in any short form or fashion, you can still go to jail. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're on federal property, you're going to jail. You know what I mean? So it's like and, and then the way it's, it's practiced out here is like nobody really follows them. You know what I'm saying? It's like folks will smoke outside. You know, if you want, all you got to get is like a $25 ticket, you know, and cops ain't really got time for that shit anyway. Right. You know, at the same time, you still got folks who are working the blocks. But I think what they're doing is they're trying to sell like harder stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's still they still sell marijuana. I don't know how I know. I'm just this is just like street fact. But, but that's uh, how but that but that's how that federal stuff that 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 federal is, is being legal, but it's not federal legal. That's how they keep. That's how I control you. That's how they keep their hands on your neck. Like, yeah. okay, we'll let you do it, but at the end of the day, we we control this. We'll lock you up whenever we want at any time. Because it doesn't make sense. It's, yeah. it's it's legal here, but it's not legal. What what it's medicine, it's being sold as medicine everywhere. Like, like you go, you have to have clinical problems to get these plant guys, but but it's it's illegal, like like it's a drug and it, come on, man. Games. Look, man. That's the biggest flip because, I mean, that's the whole reason they've been letting people of color get arrested, building the market, building the culture, building the 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 demand for the product. And then as soon as they knew that it was going to be hard money in it, they're going to make it legal and cut everybody out, man. Exactly. So cut out. that's what's happening. Folks are getting cut out, you know, of the process. Like. Uh, here in um, D.C., I went to a, um, it was like some sort of 420 uh, concert thing, right? And so, like, you know, you can legally smoke, like, there. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't. I was just, like, there, right? And so, like, you know, while I was there, like, they had dispensaries. Like, you can just walk up and, and buy, you know, things. Not me. I'm just saying this stuff you can do. You know what I mean? <laughs> to be like a concert going on, and you know, like it was, it was ridiculous. It's something I've never seen before. It opened my eyes, right? 
But then, you know, afterwards, you see. Or did it close your eyes? It did. It did close my eyes. I meant because of what you were, what you weren't doing there. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. My eyes were very closed, you know, <laughs> almost, almost, you know, but that's neither here nor there. Like, look, uh, what tripped me out was that it was so free to sell, free to buy, and, and free to do, you know, but then you go outside of that and it's like, you know, people are still getting locked up for this. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, right, right in the street, like you got all all these like, you know, light pigmented white folks, you know, that are coming in and smoking and chilling and hanging. And then when you leave, you see a black person getting arrested on the end of the corner. It's like, it's crazy. The dynamics. Dude, like, I, I always said that if a person came from another country or if they came from a place where they didn't know about any laws and they went to a city like Atlanta a few years ago or a lot of states that we're talking about right now and see the way that people are just smoking on the street, see the way that people are doing that, they would not know that it was illegal. Like they would have to go somewhere and somebody would have to tell them, yo, this is illegal. And you would have to know like this is illegal now. So heard, like that shit is crazy. I heard then Georgia just, uh, vote for it or Jersey or something like that. There's a few states. Yeah, I mean, uh, they definitely just added a few to it. And uh, that's the reason why uh, it was crazy. There's always that. This is the same year that they added the uh, Oregon uh, added heroin and cocaine to the list. You know what I'm saying? So like in Oregon, people started being able to do pretty much crack. You know what I mean? Yeah. For personal use. And that's some crazy you, shit. And that's, can, I, I don't, I don't, I don't condone that. You know so, what I'm so what people, so what people were in, what people were in Oregon, like we want cocaine and we want heroin so that we can have it on our way home from work. Cause that had to be the people who voted, the people who on their way home from work, the middle class average people had to vote for that to be legal. <laughs> I mean, for real, that's crazy. That's just crazy. Um, that's definitely some, I, I, I that's, I don't know. That's some white folks' interest right there. You know what I'm saying? Get an eight ball before, you know, after work. <laughs> yeah. Man. That's the thing, though. That's the thing. Get an eight ball on the way home. Get an eight ball on the way to work. Maybe even two. Uh, so as we go on to the last topic, guys, and I'm glad to have you guys on as we talk about these things, man. Uh, we were just talking about how um, the uh, drug offenders, people who were caught up in the penal system because of their decisions to you know sell this medicine and whatnot and how that's been affecting their lives but a lot of people's lives right now are going to be affected by the fact that their career has to change they might not have the uh same um industries may not be there the same way as they can be and they may need to change jobs uh my mom has had to do it some other people who are older have had to do it so my question is, how old is it too old to change careers? <clears throat> it ain't never too old. Wait, I man. agree. What is a that, career? That's true. What is a career? Well, I mean, it's hard. it's hard to define things sometimes, but I guess as long as you're doing like something that is building from something else that you've already done. So it might not be in the same company. It might not be doing the exact same function. But at least what you did year two is based on what you did year one. 
able to get year three, but you did year two and one versus you go to something different and now you're building up a completely different set of skills or completely different, like, uh, using a different part of your brain or different things like that's that. that's kind of the, the way that folks operate these days. What we call, like, the millennials or whatever, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the millennials, I think that's how they think is, like, you know, flash, next, flash, next, flash, next, flash, next. <clears throat> Instagram feed type shit, you know what I'm saying? Story, you know, next, 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 next. So it's like, it's the same thing with jobs too. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, I got the job today and then tomorrow I might have a different job. <clears throat> I'm chasing this paper versus I'm getting into a career. This is something I want to do with my life. You know, my life's calling nowadays it's more like let me get this paper like to take care of the ideas and things that i want you know what i'm saying <clears throat> versus this is what i want to be as i get older i think that a lot of folks think like that today you know and i think that a lot of older folks like my age is starting to think like that too simply because of the way the markets are going you know like folks can get fired you can get unemployed just like that you know in damn near any market you know what i'm saying so now you have to get used to, oh, well, there are no jobs in this market that I'm, in. I'm I've been traditionally a <clears throat> teacher, you know, or, or a businessman, right? Now I got a result of being a teacher, you know what I'm saying? Because I, you know, it's just, I don't fit anywhere, you know, it's, I'm boxed out now, you know, so that happens a lot. And I believe if you, if, if you live in the now, how could career be real? You're living in the now. Now you could be a teacher, and the next moment, somebody could come over and offer you a million dollars to do something else, and then you take that job because you never know what could come next. So that's why I believe in you know, like 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 when you say like career, how old is it to change careers? If you're living in the moment, there is there is no career, and there is no you just do what you feel. But but I get why people do it for security and all those reasons, but. But that's right. what I mean. I can't speak from that perspective because I don't believe in creating security. I believe in living in the moment and 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 trusting that 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 everything will lead for you could you could you could create security living in the moment by by <clears throat> taking advantage of a real estate uh, project that creates residual income. You know, there's other ways to do it. But as far as a career, you know, I, I think I think basically even if your career is teacher. But but your 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 next opportunity is administrative X Y Z that pays you a pay raise. Then you're gonna take that unless it's your passion though. If it's your right. passion, if that's what you love to do, then then that's not a career. That's what you love to do, and you're just getting paid for what you love to do at the end of the day, and you're just doing what you want to do because that's who you are. And that's and it's true. I was talking about that. I'm sitting there thinking about myself. I'm like, damn. I'm not living in the now, you know what I'm saying? I'm because I've been a teacher for probably past ten years, you know, art teacher for the past ten years, and so like, you know, there's been times where I've been like, mm, I'm gonna kind of break away and do this, but I've been like, onset <laughs> of like paycheck to paycheck, you know, I need to pay this, I need to pay that, you know what I'm saying? Like, whereas like most folks like getting two hundred dollars a day is nothing. You know what I'm saying? Trying to get up $200 a day is like, oh, I could get up $200 a day. Whereas somebody who has a job, they don't even know it, but that's pretty much what the, how much you're getting a day, pretty much. Like, yeah, you know, you just don't get it every day. But you, yeah, 
You know what I'm saying? Whatever amount is just like, but there are folks that are thinking like, oh, I'm just going out to go make $300. You know, but hey, but you're, you're wrong. You know why? You are living in it now because right now you're not a teacher. You're not a, you're, you're a podcaster, right? Having a conversation. So right now in this moment, you're in the now. In your next oh. moment when you get out of here, you might start thinking about all that other stuff. But right <laughs> now, that, that's the power of the now. Like, you don't even, it doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It matters what you're doing right now in this moment. And, and these concepts will create a next moment where you see it differently. You know what I'm saying? But you are in the now right now because we're doing this. We're not even. And you know what? You're right. Like, when you said the passion, like, because, you know, even though I'm a teacher, like, I am passionate about being, I'm an artist. You know what I mean? So I'm teaching something I'm passionate about. So it doesn't feel like I'm working. You know, right. it feels like they're just paying me. <clears throat> so that also frees my mind up to think like, okay, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this type of project. And I think some folks do think that way. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, although this is my job, my career, I'm also, right. you know, I'm also venturing out to do a lot of other projects, especially, right. you know, with this much timeline. <clears throat> Believe it or not, man, there are so many people in the world that are working a job that's only a career and it has no elements of what you were saying, Shaka, where like you could, at least for what you're doing, you've been doing it for 10 years, but at least you could say it's an element of, I enjoy doing this. It, it represents me. You know what I'm saying? There's some people out here doing that for 10 years and they don't like what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? And that's not, to me, something that should be valued. But if the only reason why you're doing it is because you're afraid to go learn something else, go on YouTube and watch videos about things that you don't know how to do. Pay to set, pay to learn something. If you don't want to go to get it from YouTube and figure out bad information from good information, then pay somebody who's done all that information, you know, deciphering and let them tell you how to do it. Spend some money on yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like right now we're doing this podcast thing and nobody, we've never done a podcast before. None of us have, you know what I'm saying? We're going to learn how to do this together. But at the same time, like, um, there's so many people that I think not just because of the not just because of the pandemic, but for life changes, they're scared to actually do something brand new. And with this vaccine coming there's some people who are going to probably have to change their career. But because of all this stuff going on, they're going to be so scared. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I can tell everybody out there that it's better on the other side. If you actually go out and do what you love, you do what you enjoy. You don't feel like you got a job. You won't even feel like you got a career. You know what I'm and, saying? And, and, and Shaka, even Monday, when you go to work, you're you're a teacher when you're there in that moment. You don't have a career. Career is a concept that they use to program us. So we feel like we're stuck in doing this forever. But you're a teacher in that moment, educating in that moment. When you go home, you're a father. When you when you go, you know what I'm saying? That's but they trap us into these absolutes like, oh, career, this is what we do forever. And it's not, and that's what keeps you doing that forever. Instead of just looking at this is what I'm doing today, and then when I get out today, I'm on something else, and and then at nine o'clock I might be whatever my next investment or whatever it is, and then on Tuesday morning I'm a teacher again, but at five o'clock I'm not. At six o'clock I'm on whatever, whatever, and and you know I think there's more power in that for sure than than, than that career concept. Living like that might person have more balance and not get upset about having certain types of lifestyles. Because there's nothing wrong with, like, I'm a gardener. You know what I'm saying? I like being able to get into a, a garden and dig and plant and do all that kind of stuff that other might think is tedious. 
but I actually enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? So for me, that's not something that I'm ever going to feel bad about when I go down, you know, driving on my way to work. I'm not like dreading it when I get there. You know, when I come home, I'm not like, ah, man, this is what I did today and I'm pissed off about it. So that's the reason why I would you I agree with you, Jason, like people who usually use those words like a job or a career even. It's usually something that you don't like because I would never say that about what I do. It's just what I do and I make money. You know what I'm saying? So um, what was you saying, Shaka? No, nah, I was just agreeing with you, man. Like, and that's the that's a great like feeling too, like to be able to wake up and say like I'm doing something that I love doing. You know what I'm saying? And getting paid for it. You know what I mean? And and it you get you get the opportunity to like, you know, make the connections with the things that you you might don't like to do, but you have to do for money. You know what I'm saying? Like because like, you know, you connect it to whatever you're doing that's your passion. You like, okay, well I could do this you know what I mean? Because I'm making a, a few bucks, but I already know like this is something I plan on doing for the rest of my life because it's just who I am. You know what I'm saying? I am a, I'm a gardener. So like no matter whether I'm working here, working there, I'm going to be doing this anyway. You know what I'm right. saying? Like I'm a, I'm art, I'm, I'm artist. No matter where I'm working, like I'm going to be doing this anyway. You know what I'm saying? And so like, I think it's important to find that passion. You know what I mean? And also the entrepreneurship too. Like, being able to do like use your skills for yourself. I think that's another topic we should talk about at some point. You know what I mean? Like not just using our skills for people like so they can make money. You know, like when you work on a job, you know, you're helping make somebody else money. You know what I mean? When you're an entrepreneur, you're making yourself money. You know what I'm saying? With your own skills. You know what I mean? And that's why and that's the reason why we're doing this, man, because I want us to all learn entrepreneurship as we practice it. I'm ex- I mean, I'm learning. It. We all going to learn it because uh, it's going to be fun, man, having this podcast. And this is really a business. This is a media company. And everybody that's involved, even the people listening, even the people that are involved on the ends of their computer, just chiming in by clicking on the link. They're playing a part of this business. And I'm excited about it because um, when we get to the other side of it, we're going to be able to look back at our videos from the beginning like this and be like, man, we, we really meant, you know, we really turned this into something. So, you know, I, I really appreciate you guys, you know, hanging out. I know it's late and I know, you know, we all got, you know, sleep to do or things to do. And uh, I want to thank you guys both and definitely thank you all for watching. Once again, um, I'm Nate. And uh, this is the Martin Times Malcolm podcast. And I want to let my uh, fellows, schoolboy and Shaka, sign off. Your boy Shaka, your resident hotel, holla at your boy. Uh, shout me out at, uh, at Shaka1962. You know, catch me. You know what I mean? There. Peace. And it's bliss. Believe in love is simply the solution. I'm going to end it there because that's what it is. Want to find me? Tune in next week. And you'll find me there.